boy, I tell you what, if I could do anything in the world, it would be what Olivia just did for us. That was fantastic. I love singing. I love singing in my car. I sing in my shower. If I weren't so mediocre at it, I'd sing other places too, but I don't. And in fact, my one solo during my illustrious career came during a fifth grade VBS musical. And the song that I was singing about just happens to be about the same story that we read today about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And it went like this. Philip ran up to an Ethiopian who was reading the Bible but did not understand. Philip shared with Ethi all about God's plan. And when he heard the good news, Ethi was one happy man. Thank you. Olivia Dalton's got nothing on me. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yes, that was it. That was my one, that was my one solo. And it's from a song called Go, Go, Go. And the chorus says, God will use us if we go, go, go. God will use us if we go. As I was looking up that song again for this sermon, I realized that we really need some new language to describe this Christian life of ours. God does not want to use us. I'm going to say that one more time. God does not want to use us. We are not tools. We are not inanimate objects that have no say in when we're used or how we're used. God didn't make us like that. Doesn't intend for us to be like that. We need new language. God created us for relationship. We have choice and agency and power. Rather than being tools that God uses, we are people that God invites to participate in God's work in this world. We are invited into a relationship and we are invited to participate as the Spirit is moving. The Spirit of God has been moving throughout the world since it began when the Spirit was hovering over the waters of the deep in Genesis. And the Spirit is going to continue to move in and throughout this world. And we, as followers of Christ, are invited to participate in that work. But we aren't tools. We have choice. We can say no or we can say yes. And in fact, that's what that VBS song was about in fifth grade, that we need to say yes when God calls us to do something. That's actually what every sermon I've ever heard about this story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch is about. We need to say yes. We need to obey like Philip did. We need to be missional like Philip. We need to evangelize like Philip. When Philip is our role model, we walk away from this story with a lot of good lessons. Now let me pause for a second because um, many of you know that my family and I are moving. In fact, we just completed our move. We moved Friday and Saturday with the help of many of you. So thank you to those of you who helped us do it. Um, I learned a lot of good lessons during the midst of that move. Let me share some of them with you. Number one, when you move boxes and furniture, your body can start hurting in places you didn't know was possible. Um, I also learned that I completely underestimated the amount of stuff that my family has. Just completely underestimated it. The third lesson that I learned is if you're in, let's just say, the midst of a move and you take your church keys and you put them somewhere and you think, I'll remember where I put those. You will not. You would be incorrect. And you will have to call your other church staff members to let you into the building. 
on the Sunday that you're preaching. Um, those are some lessons that I learned. But in the midst of that move, in the midst of these past two days, there have also been a lot of things that have hit the news, things that are concerning, things whose implications concern me. And I realize that I don't think what the world needs right now, I don't think what we need right now are more good lessons. I think what we need is good news. So in today's story from Acts, we're not going to focus on Philip. We're not going to focus on the good lessons that we could learn. Instead, we're going to emulate the Ethiopian and hopefully experience some good news in the process. So things we know about the Ethiopian. He was a eunuch. This is an important detail, but I'm not going to explain it to you. You can look it up in your Bible dictionary or explain it to your kids when you get home. (laughs) He was a court official for the queen of the Ethiopians. He was in charge of the entire treasury, and he seems to be a Jewish convert, having come to Jerusalem to worship at the festival that we now know as the Festival of Pentecost. And that's it. Just a few simple details. But dripping from every one of those details is the fact that he was different. His country of origin made him different. It was the farthest reaches of the known world at the time. His clothes were different. His accent was different. His dark skin made him different. As a eunuch, he had been made sexually different. He was ambiguous, neither female nor really male. Everything about him could have been called into question as to whether or not he really belonged to the people of God, as to whether or not God would ever reach out to someone like that. In fact, there are verses in Deuteronomy that say that eunuchs are not allowed to enter the assembly of the Lord. It's literally in Scripture. But now at this point, we could head in the direction of how people disqualified the Ethiopian eunuch and how we need to not disqualify others. But this is not a sermon about disqualifying others. This is a sermon about how we disqualify ourselves. Perhaps the Ethiopian had spent his entire life feeling out of place feeling like he never really belonged anywhere. He didn't really fit in in the Ethiopian court because he was a God follower. He didn't really fit in in the Jewish temple because he was from the Ethiopian court. And being a eunuch meant he didn't really fit in anywhere, and especially not with the people of God. No matter where he went, there was always something that made him different, something that made him feel like he didn't quite belong. But I also wonder about the mental and emotional realities that came from the life that he lived. He certainly remembered the pain of being forced to become a eunuch. He probably carried wounds and scars on his body. I imagine he carried around shame or anger or humiliation. Anger at what was forced upon him. Shame at the implications of that. Humiliation because now, because of how things worked in the court of the Ethiopian queen, everyone knew who and what he was. There was no hiding it, there was no denying it, and everybody seemed to have their own opinions about it, about him. Even this God, even this God he worshiped, said that people like him weren't welcome. I wonder how that affected him. Mentally, emotionally, 
I wonder how that affected his heart and his soul. And I wonder how those same types of things affect us in this room today. Do any of us ever feel like we don't belong? Like we just don't really fit in? Like who we are or how we are just doesn't always seem to fit the way we think it should? Do any of us carry around pain in our bodies? Maybe pain that comes with scars or wounds. Maybe pain of bodies that are diseased or bodies that don't work the way we think they should or don't work the way they used to. Perhaps it's not physical pain, but other aspects of our bodies that breed shame or anger or humiliation or fear of what others may think. Maybe we think our bodies don't look right or don't work right or have something off about them. We have so many messages coming at our bodies from so many places these days. And like the eunuch, maybe we have come to believe that something about us makes us wrong or bad or unlovable. I imagine that some of us have had situations like the eunuch experience where things were forced upon us that were never our intention, things that we never planned, things that we never wanted, and now we carry the weight of those situations as a burden of grief or anger or resentment. For others of us, maybe it's the choices we did make. Maybe it's the things we did choose that we look back on and realize that set our lives on a path that we really wouldn't choose again, and we continue to experience guilt or regret for that. Friends, I don't know which of those things apply to you, but the Ethiopian eunuch understood all of them. He lived this on a regular daily basis. He carried around these things in his body every single day. Shame and grief and pain and anger and struggle and lack of belonging. Every day. And then he picks up the scripture and he starts reading out of the prophet Isaiah about a man who was beaten. A man who, like a lamb, was sheared. Who was taken away to be tortured and to be killed. Who suffered public humiliation at the hands of others. A man for whom justice was denied. And the Ethiopian looks at Philip and goes, who's Isaiah talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? And the scripture says that Philip started with that verse and proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. And then the next thing we know, they come upon some water and the Ethiopian says, look, here is water. What's to prevent me from being baptized? So Philip proclaims the good news and immediately the, the Ethiopian wants to get baptized. So let me ask us this. What do you think was that good news? What was that good news? When people ask us what the good news is about Jesus, we probably think to recite the gospel story. Well, he was born of a virgin and he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross and he rose on the third day. Sure, that's good news. But I'm pretty sure that's not the good news that made the Ethiopian haul the chariot over at the first sign of a puddle so that he could go get baptized because of this new faith. No, I think the good news for the Ethiopian was that this savior that Philip was talking about was a man like him. A savior who understood exactly what the Ethiopian had been through, exactly where he was coming from. Jesus experienced his humiliation. Jesus experienced his pain. Jesus experienced his lack of belonging. 
The Ethiopian heard his own story in the story of Jesus. The Ethiopian found his own body in the body of Jesus. And when the Ethiopian heard the news that this guy, who'd experienced so much of the same things he had, wasn't wrong, wasn't bad, wasn't unwelcomed or unloved by God, the Ethiopian may have had the realization that he wasn't either. Maybe for the first time in his entire life, he had the realization that he wasn't wrong or bad or unwelcomed or unloved either. And the next thing we know, he's going, look, water, pull over. He has this sudden realization that he is loved exactly as he is, that all the things that others may have used to disqualify him, and more importantly, all of the things he may have used to disqualify himself from belonging to God, none of those things mattered. God didn't hold any of those things against him. And this is our good news too. Friends, whatever we're carrying around today, whatever pain or shame or guilt, whatever thing we carry that we think disqualifies us from fully participating in the life of God, none of those things matter either. God doesn't hold any of those things against us either. None of it prevents us from having a relationship. Nothing prohibits us from being a part of the work of God in this world. And if we read between the lines of this story, we can tell that when the Ethiopian heard this good news, he experienced joy. He experienced freedom. I think he experienced the joy and the freedom of being exactly who he was, exactly how he was, and of still being loved and of still finding belonging. Gosh, I want that. Don't you? Don't we want the joy and the freedom and the belonging that the Ethiopian eunuch experienced? The good news is that Jesus gives us these things in him. We already have them in him. God wants us to experience this. God wants this for us. And here's how I know. Here's how I know that God wants this for us. At the beginning of our story, God tells Philip to get up and go to a random desert road. Why? So the Ethiopian eunuch can find joy and freedom and belonging. Philip's walking down the road and God calls him to catch up to the chariot. It's kind of funny. He's walking and the chariot's going faster and God's like, hey, go catch it. He's like, okay. And he takes off. Why did God tell him to do this? Because God wanted the Ethiopian to experience joy and freedom and belonging in Christ. This is not a story of Philip evangelizing the Ethiopian eunuch who then decides to pursue a relationship with God. This is a story of God who intentionally and deliberately decided to pursue a relationship with the Ethiopian eunuch. A God who intentionally and deliberately gets Philip up and to the right road, to the right chariot, at the right time, so that God could tell the eunuch that he is loved and that he belongs and that God wants him in Christ. The eunuch who others may have thought was too far out there, God didn't really do that. 
the eunuch who himself may have thought that God would never really want someone like him. And yet God told Philip to go. God told Philip to catch him. God wanted the Ethiopian to know that he was loved and that he was wanted. And God wants us to know this too. And when we do, when we really know that God wants us and pursues us, that God says we are loved and we belong, this is where our confidence comes from. This is how we have confidence to do the crazy or ordinary or usual or radical things that God may be calling us to do as we participate in the work of the Spirit in this world. When we really know this, we can say to others and we can say to ourselves, I have confidence. Besides what you see, I have confidence in me because I have Christ in me. I have confidence because I have Christ. And thus I have joy at being me. And I have freedom to be me. And I belong just by being me. It was true for him then. And it's true for all of us now. And it's good news. As we prepare for communion today, want us to take a short moment of silence and I invite you to ask God to reveal to you what stops you from experiencing Christ's joy or Christ's freedom or belonging in Christ. Ask God to show you the ways that you may be even unintentionally disqualifying yourself. Maybe you can even use the same question that the Ethiopian did. What prevents me? What prevents me from fully living into this relationship of love and trust and belonging with Christ. And then let's ask God to give us the confidence to live into Christ's joy and Christ's freedom and experience Christ's belonging as a loved and wanted member of the body of Christ.